Welcome to the AJP Heart and Circ podcast. I'm your host, Kara Hansel-Kehan. Listeners, that is the very same introduction you have heard me say since our very first episode that we produced of this podcast on December 29th, 2010. And today we are celebrating a pretty big milestone. This is our 300th episode of the AJP Heart and Circ podcast. Who knew that back in 2010, when then editor-in-chief Dr. Bill Stanley said to me, and I quote, podcasts, I don't know anything about them, but I think we should do them, that we would still be producing the AJP Heart and Circ pod 11 years and 299 episodes later? Well, since then, we have talked to more than 400 authors and just as many experts, if not more, from all around the world about articles published in AJP Heart and Circulatory Physiology. We've even produced seven episodes in both Japanese and English. And today, the AJP Heart and Circ pod is discoverable on 11 podcast apps, most of which did not exist in 2010, and has, as of this episode recording, been downloaded over 99,000 times. We are so grateful to the authors and countless content experts who have generously shared their time and expertise with us. To celebrate episode number 300, we're going to do things a little differently. We are flipping the script and I'll be asking the questions this time. Joining me today are Editor-in-Chief Dr. Mary Lindsay, Deputy Editor Dr. Zam Kassiri, and Associate Editors Dr. Petra Klein-Bongard, Dr. Jonathan Kirk, Dr. Amanda LeBlanc, Dr. Crystal Ripplinger, Dr. Jason Carter, and Dr. Keith Brunt. Let's get started. Mary, I'd like to kick off the conversation by asking a very simple question. Why should authors submit to AJP Heart and Cirque? Kara, authors should submit because of our associated editors. They do an amazing job handling your manuscript, making sure the reviewers are fair and help improve the article. They also give decisions within two to three weeks. Fair review and quick turnaround. What more can you ask for? It sounds simple enough to me. Zam, what do you think? I agree with what Mary said. The associate editors, they're always trying to help the authors to get the best feedback for their um, submissions. So we try to keep the decisions very straightforward, very constructive, and try to be as helpful to the authors as possible. Amanza, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I agree with what's already been said. When I submit to AJP Heart Circ, I expect to be treated with respect and have constructive criticism. So then as an, an editor for the journal, I make sure that I treat the authors the same way that I would expect to be treated. That all makes perfect sense to me. Crystal, what do you think? Well, I think it's pretty obvious from our current podcast that we might make a podcast out of your article and it'll be fun and showcase your research. It's so true. A shout out to you and everyone on this uh, podcast today for all of your expert hosting. Jonathan, you have been involved with this and also our spinoff podcast, Behind the Bench. Um, What do you think? Why should people submit to AJP Heart and Cirque? So when you're doing your own research in your labs and you produce papers, uh, you put a lot of effort into those. uh, And those papers include rigorous science that you think is going to be highly reproducible. 
And so you're going to want to submit your papers to a journal that values rigor and reproducibility and represents a standard for these ideas in the field. And AJP Hart and Cirque has made a real effort um, over, uh, over the last years to heighten our own levels of rigor and reproducibility in the papers that we publish, as well as uh, release guidelines on how to bring in that rigor and reproducibility aspects into all of your work and all of your studies and all the different protocols that are, that are done. And so I think the, the journal has this reputation. And so when you publish your work in AJP Hart and Cirque, it's, it's kind of kind of sort of be instantly elevated in the minds of people as they read it. And they think, wow, look at this work. It's paying a lot of attention to these such important aspects of science that are becoming uh, more and more of a, of a ground of discussion. Jason, what do you have to add? Well, Kara, I think others have covered quite well the great turnaround time and fairness of the reviews. I guess what I would add is that AJP Hart and Cirque has really increased its impact over time. And while I don't think authors should ever chase impact factors, uh, impact factors should chase your research, I think it's important to recognize the trajectory that AJP Hart and Cirque is on. And it's now one of the top recognized journals in the field related to circulatory physiology. I agree completely. Keith, what do you think? I think it's important that we just remember that AJP Heart and Circ is by us and for us, right? We're we're scientists helping other scientists get their message out, and you know we understand that that there's novel findings and and that may not be classical molecular mechanisms, but also things that are new observations, hypothesis generating that have physiological mechanisms or insights to be shared, and they can even be corrective works, you know, that set the record straight on on what we. Thought we knew it, but now we know a little bit more. We have different tools. We, we want to see all of that come forward. So we also get that there might not be findings that can be easily explained as you're working through your, your project. And so we, we get that. And I think the editors take that into consideration that science can get a little messy. Um, and I would just say to, to authors, to trainees or people running a lab that, you know, we'd love to see the first paper from a thesis or the first paper from a lab. So just let us know when that happens, because we want to really celebrate that with you. So, Petra, what do you think? This is a short story. I think more than 15 years ago, when I discussing which citation um, to use for a specific point, my supervisor advised me, take the work from AJP. The data you find published in AJP Harnemsirk have consistency. He told me, in this journal, the review process is of high quality. You can trust the data published there. Again, a statement from many years ago. To date, and for sure, now from a completely um, different view um, on my part, he was absolutely right. So finally, the reason to publish an AGP is even years from now, your data will be accepted as consistent and people will refer to your work. I think that that is actually an excellent segue to um, what advice would you have for early career authors and reviewers? Mary, I'll start with you. Thanks, Kara. For early career authors and reviewers, um, as an author, when submitting, read the instructions. And when reviewing, uh, please be fair and constructive uh, and definitely get those reviews back to us as soon as possible so that we can uh, have timely uh, decisions sent back to the authors. Crystal, in your mind, are there any specific do's or don'ts for ECRs and reviewers? Well, one thing that I love and that I would encourage all early career potential reviewers to do 
is that if you're not currently one of our reviewers to reach out to the uh, associate editor whose research perhaps is closest to yours. Tell us what your research is, where you're located, what you do, and if you'd like to review for us. We love it. We're always looking for more early career reviewers, and it's a great way to get involved with the journal. And by reviewing papers, you learn so much about how to write a, a better, more complete manuscript. I second that notion. We're always ready to hear from early career reviewers um, who are interested in, in peer review. Sam, what do you think? So my advice for reviewers in general is that we, as much as we appreciate you saying yes to our invitation, if you think you're not able to review or review on time, feel free to say no, because when we get ghosted as the associate editors or the handling editors, it is probably one of the worst feelings because at that point we have to start looking for a new reviewer, which is going to prolong the uh, processing of the manuscript which is not fair to the authors. So um, I, I would say just when I, I would very much appreciate a yes response to an invitation, but an honest yes is always uh, preferred. The honest yes is always preferred. Speaking on behalf of uh, my colleagues in peer review, we, we love it when people follow through on their, on their agreement to review. Amanda, what do you have to add? I want to uh, echo what Crystal said earlier in terms of early career authors and reviewers reaching out to us, letting us know, you know what your field of research is. That tells us that you are, one, eager, and then two, also just like motivated to, to move up in the field. That helps us not only as the journal and having reliable people reviewing and submitting to us, but it also helps those people because we can then, in our networking, help bring those early career authors and reviewers up in the field and lift them up. That's such a good point. Keith, what advice do you have for early career researcher authors and or reviewers? Well, for the authors, I would say to really collaborate in putting together that letter to the editor. We want you to highlight why that work matters to you and why you find it interesting. And, and don't be shy about it, be proud. Tell us what might be controversial or tell us what might be similar yet is distinguishing about your work. The editorial team here is really gonna work hard to give authors the benefit of the, of the doubt. You know, We want them to make the case for novelty and impact. And you know, this benefits science and our readers, You know, that things are true and coming out in the letter because it helps us also select reviewers. Um, we can't always publish everything, but we will always strive to give a positive and meaningful feedback through the review process. And then I would say to reviewers, look, it's a simple rule. Review unto authors is you would like to be reviewed. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, give detailed actionable comments. These are the best and make use of cited works with PMID or URL when offering critical comments on novelty. Make good use of our guidelines too. Um, those articles are there to sort of help reviewers ensure that scientific veracity and, and appropriateness is, is always the focus. Those are really good ideas. Jason, what are your thoughts? Well, a lot of great ideas have been shared. One thing I would share with our early career authors is uh, don't get discouraged, uh, be persistent. I think it's important because of the number of submissions that AJP Heart and Cirque gets. When you eventually do get an article, in AJP Heart and Cirque, you know that it's not only been through the rigor and reviews of your peers, but also the editorial board, which has a high standard and you can feel really good about that article getting in. Petra, what advice would you give? Discuss with your mentor, why not publishing your work in AJP Heart and Cirque? 
I think a discussion like mine discussion 15 years ago would be very helpful. And maybe we came to the same answer. Jonathan, I'm sure you have something to add here too. My biggest advice for early career authors is get your stuff out. It is tempting to uh, keep building and building and building and doing more and doing more. And it always seems like you can see your own weaknesses better than in anyone. And so it's, it's easy to want to hold on to that. And so you want to find a journal that's going to value your work, that you can get your work out at, at a reasonable pace. And AJP Hardstrike, I guess it goes back to question number one here a little bit. Uh, we really value our authors with things like the podcasts. And, and other highlights that we do and on Twitter and social media, especially. Uh, we're very active on, on Twitter. And, and so finding a home for your work uh, that will give you timely reviews, reasonable expectations of revisions, and will value uh, both you as an author and your work is, is really gonna jumpstart your career as an early career author. And so um, those are my big pieces of advice. And, and of course, I think that, that home should be AJP Harden Cirque. <laughs> So speaking of value, something that Jonathan just mentioned, um, we are celebrating episode number 300. And so I'm wondering, what do you see as the value of the AJP Heart and Cirque podcast and our Behind the Bench podcast spinoff of our original for authors and listeners? Crystal, what do you think? I think one thing that's pretty obvious to me is that we are all very, very busy people. And by having uh, these sort of digestible podcasts, it's something that you can listen to in the car, on your commute to work. You can listen to it while you're walking the dog and you know, just sort of maybe get introduced to some new science or learn a little bit more about a paper that you saw online but didn't have time to read. So I, I think it's a great way to be exposed to some of our work that's published in the journal while you're able to um, sort of make the best use of your time. I love that point, actually, because I do think that's one of the values. They're very portable. I totally agree. My to-read folder on my desktop is quite full of papers that I have not read yet. So I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Jonathan, I'm going to come to you next because there's a funny story uh, that I uh, chatted you up at a conference way back in 2019, seems like. 10 years ago, but it was only 2019, and asked if you would be interested. I felt your talk was so engaging and that we could all use more Jonathan Kirk in our lives. And you said, kindly said yes to sort of a, a not even half-baked idea and therefore was born behind the bench with AJP Harden Cirque. Uh, maybe you could talk to that just a minute? Yeah, that was only half of an idea, not even half, just a uh a quarter of an idea, but then we developed it into something that I thought was a lot of fun yeah. <laughs> uh, with the Behind the Bench uh, podcast. And you know, the, the, the majority of the podcasts recorded uh, for AJP are talking to the senior authors and associate editors. And a lot of times we, we don't get to hear from the, the junior folks, the trainees, who a lot of times were responsible for writing the bulk of the manuscript, doing the actual work, and living through sometimes the ups and downs of trying to publish a paper that seemed like life and death to them, whereas the senior authors are, you know, they've been through this a lot of times. And so getting to interview the first authors and hearing from them about the stories, about the process, and about really their lives in science, I think for me was inspirational uh, as, as somebody who really values that mentoring um, 
part of my job. But I also think it was a, a lot of value for other trainees to hear about it and to hear about the uh, the indirect uh, path that a lot of these times these studies took from original concept to a finally uh, published paper in AJP Heart and Circ. Uh, and so even when they're toiling away and it doesn't seem like it's making sense and you know they, they might be coming across challenges, I'm, I'm hoping, I hope that they can listen to the, the Behind the Bench podcast and kind of put those struggles in context feel like they're not alone, that there's hope, <laughs> that they are making the right choices in the right direction, the right progress, and that they can trust their mentors when they say it's going to be fine and this is going to result in important work that will be published. Uh, so that process and the podcast that we recorded and now um, passed on to new uh, hosts, I think there's a lot of value in that, both for the uh, the trainees that get to actually talk about their work, uh, for the trainees in the audience who get to share in that hope, and hopefully also for senior authors to be able to hear and listen to the trainees and the struggles that they go through and maybe sort of their inner thoughts and their background that will make us better mentors for these students. I'm going to segue to Amanda because it's something that you just mentioned, Jonathan, Amanda has done two interviews recently uh, of one of a very senior um, author and, and then a separate was a senior author and her early career uh, first author, a trainee who had, was just about to defend her thesis. So Amanda, what do you see as the value in the AJP Heart and Cirque podcast? I love uh, a couple things about it. Number one, I really enjoy meeting the personalities behind some of the science that I read about. And so it's really cool for me to be able to engage and, and, you know, talk with them about the research, kind of what went into the study, especially the one recently that you just mentioned, because it was conducted during COVID. So just hearing about some of the difficulties that they faced getting in human subjects during all the pandemic, that was, that was really interesting to hear from both the senior author and the PhD student that was getting ready to graduate. So I just love the personalities behind the science. The other thing that I think is great is from the perspective of the author, being able to engage with one of the expert reviewers that most likely was one of the three reviewers that we were able to get to uh, review the manuscript. I think that that's great as well, because then you're really getting a personal relationship in, in some regard with the person that is reviewing, you know, your manuscripts. I do think the personal connection is pretty amazing. I totally agree. What has surprised me over the years are the number of collaborations that have been inspired. Like people have met for the first time participating in an episode and then they're inspired to go on and collaborate and actually become co-authors in a totally different research study. It's really pretty amazing and it, it warms my heart. Sam, what do you think? Have you had any interesting experiences? What do you see as the value of the podcast? I think the podcast is beneficial to both the party who does it and also to the listeners. So to the listeners, as Crystal mentioned, we all busy, we're multitasking all the time. So you can just put it on and go on with your day, do whatever it is that you're doing. And instead of reading, sitting and reading the paper, which we all have a full inbox of uh, papers to read. So you get to learn about a new publication, a new and exciting uh, study without actually committing a solid amount of time to it. So it's, 
it serves that purpose, but also for the for the individuals, for the host and for the um, experts and for the authors. I think I have been in all those different positions. It allows you to look at your study from a big picture point of view that you want to make it applicable to the audiences and you put it to simple terms. And um, I think there is a benefit for everybody involved because we all it makes us think and take it to the to the next level a little bit. What do you think the value is here for listeners? Why should anybody listen to not only uh, this episode or any of the 299 that came before, but um, going forward? Well, honestly, woohoo! <laughs> That's my first thing. 300 episodes. It's a library of, of very valuable and insightful information. Um, so the real impact of a paper is ensuring that it, it gets well-received. It's read, it's heard, and it's appreciated by the right audience. And that's what the podcast is trying to do. So we're really here to champion you in your accepted paper and shout it out. And that's what the podcast is. It's a big shout out. So make sure you put it on your CV and uh, you know get it recognized. Maybe one other thing I would add, using them as part of your lab meetings. Uh, they're a great idea to help mix things up for learning. So in the podcast, you get insights to this manuscript which is not written in the manuscript per se. You have it as a voice, very concentrated to get nice insights to this topic. Jason, as a frequent podcast host, what do you think is the value of the AJP Heart and Circ podcast? Kara, I was really lucky early in my career to take part in a two-day Alan Alda science communication workshop. And one of the things that was emphasized in that is how you need to communicate science to the public. And one of the things I like about the podcast series is you get to hear from different authors and different editorial board members on how they communicate that science in small snippets, which is so important. It's something I don't think we spend enough time on. Uh, and particularly in the field of physiology. And so if nothing else, listen to the podcast to get ideas on how you can more succinctly portray your research and the importance of your research. It's really important to the public. Mary, bring it home. What do you think is the value of the AJP Heart and Circ podcast? Yeah, Kara, for me, I really like the be behind the scene tone of the podcast, not just the behind the bench one, but the, the regular podcast too. You know, getting to ask the author, uh, how did they come up with the study idea and what was the rationale for, you know, pursuing that that line of investigation? To me, it's really nice to, to get that insight that, you know, usually when we write the paper, we're writing in a very scientific, formal way. And in real life, there, you know, the there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And so to be able to, to get that glimpse from the author, I think that's really cool. Well, thank you so much, Sam, Mary, Jonathan, Crystal, Amanda, Jason, Petra, and Keith for talking with me today. Your advice is both insightful and valuable to authors and early career researchers alike. I would also like to take a moment to thank you, our listeners. Whether you have listened to all 300 episodes or whether this is the very first episode of the AJP Heart and Circ podcast that you have ever heard, I hope you will keep listening and sharing and retweeting your favorite episodes. Reach out with questions, send us your comments, um, but most of all, thank you for listening and cheers to the next 300 episodes.